You're listening to Curated Consciously, your all-in-one platform for navigating and nurturing your conscious living journey. Why? Because diving into environmental justice comes with heartache and a lot of damn work. We gotta do it, but as a community, we can make the load a little lighter. Every week, we're bringing you stories, insight, and wisdom from a diverse community of leaders, activists, and influencers, helping you live a more holistic lifestyle that connects your health, wellness, and love for Mama Earth. This podcast is sponsored by Cause Artists, the world's number one platform for social impact and innovation stories around the world. If you're looking to get inspired, hit us up at causeartists.com. And of course, I'm your host, Jasmine Ray, curator-in-chief at Curated Consciously and social entrepreneur. You can connect with me and our community on Instagram at Curated Consciously. Now roll your shoulders back, get comfy, put the coffee on. It is time to deep dive into some thought-evoking conversation curated consciously. Ah, hi, Kelsey. Hi, Jasmine. This is our last episode together for the year in the last 2020 episode of Curated Consciously. Thank you for joining me. It feels kind of like uh, a celebratory moment, actually, because, uh, you know, Curated Consciously uh, formed out of a need during the first kind of weeks of lockdown. And I'm so, so grateful to my personal community, including you and my amazing friends and the people who've supported and then our incredible community who's been engaging. So whether you've been engaging with us on Instagram or you're part of our Conscious Badasses Facebook group where we dive deeper into some of these heavy, heavy topics, thank you. It is, it's been so beautiful and these conversations have been amazing. Um, so, and a big, big thank you to you, Kels, because uh, you know, you've just been showing up with me every week, well, almost every week to try and record another episode. And um, yeah, it's been it's been beautiful to not only, you know, have you as a leader and facilitator to kind of, you know, dive deeper into these conversations with our audience, but also as my human to be here and help, you know, we've been just like untangling stuff together, which feels amazing. So yeah, just wanting to give you a little on the podcast. So thank you for everything. Well, thank you. Heaven knows we need more reasons to celebrate this year. Yes, absolutely. And that's why I'm so excited about this episode. And I don't want to like, I feel like this topic is is huge um, because this year has been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to put it lightly. Uh, it's been, you know, overwhelming for everybody. Um, but, you know, as someone who's really, really um, a firm believer in astrology and energies, um, I think this week, this past week has been really special because we had a, we've had two eclipses in the last like three, two weeks, um, we, which is like a huge opening of like new chapters, new beginnings, helping us close and, and, and reconcile and reflect on the bullshit that's happened. And we're also seeing a conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn. This is a huge energy energy shift and it's going to be absolutely incredible. And I feel like if any, I'm not, I just want to note that I'm not an astrologer. I like to give my perspectives and my reflections on how I feel and, and what I've observed of astrology because I've been kind of loosely studying for the last couple of years. Um, but you know, if anyone's interested in learning more about, about what's happening with our planet, jump over to our Conscious Badasses Facebook page, our Facebook group, because I'll definitely dive into it a little bit more. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so I think right now is a great time for us to talk about how do we now deal with the stress of this year in a way that we're not carrying it into the new year. Um, you know, we're not we're not carrying it into, you know, I, I hate to think of New Year's as like this new chapter and like, okay, everything's over. Let's like start from fresh because that's not what it is. And I think this time is just a great time in terms of planetary alignment and going into a new year. And, you know, a lot of a lot of resolutions coming in for how to how we're going to manage COVID moving forward and coming together as global communities and understanding what that looks like. We need to be approaching it with mindfulness. We need to be compassionate. We need to come together as communities. So Kels, I'd love for you to introduce, you know, kind of this topic today and how we're going to go about it. Absolutely. So I was feeling, I was feeling the stress just like everybody else. And um, it was actually making me physically ill in a lot of October. And um, it was, scrolling through my Facebook and uh, Calgary Pride actually organized this workshop for mindfulness and compassion for stress and for social workers and people working within the, the social sphere. Um, and it was a free workshop and I just signed up. Um, and we had an amazing facilitator. His name is Deepak Kashyap. He's from the Toronto Mindfulness Center. And I was madly writing notes the entire time um, and just felt so grateful to be in this workshop. And I, I remember messaging you, Jess, shortly after being like, I have so much to say uh, about, about this workshop that I was just in that was just about mindfulness and stress and so um first and foremost i'd like to give a lot of credit to or like the credit to the toronto mindfulness center and uh deepak kashup for having this workshop i am so grateful and for any of you in toronto get in touch with them they're amazing um and this is just kind of a, a distillation of what my thoughts were. And I am by no means qualified to um, tell anybody else how to deal with their stress, but hopefully you can take some of these techniques and some of these tips and tricks and implement them into your own life. So Jazz, if you're ready, I would love to open up this conversation with you and ask you about your stress style. And so we're just gonna take a minute and a deep breath to ground ourselves. And I'm gonna ask you, what are three things that stress you out? Just three. <laughs> just three. Okay, I would say, okay, I'm very, very ambitious. And I feel like I always want to get things done right away. Like I always want to get things done right away. So I feel my ambition actually ends up stressing me out, wanting to take on so much and knowing I can't. Um, that is a stressor for me. And which, and saying that out loud, I'm like, I have full control over that. But that's, that's a stressor. Um, the second would be, um, you know, I, I because I manage quite a few projects, uh, I do find that um, when I have an overwhelming to-do list, it 
it stresses me out. And like, I, I know I, I'll kind of go over what that looks like in my body. Cause I know we'll, we'll kind of talk about that. Um, and, and, and also being able to prioritize, uh, you know, so I think that this all kind of links back to the ambition aspect, but third is definitely, um, approaching difficult conversations. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So we have ambition, we have projects, we have approaching difficult conversations. Um, yes. and then what happens when you are stressed by those things or other things? Mm, okay. So I actually had a huge work call the other day and I observed, uh, how stressed out and, and anxious I got after it. And then I immediately started getting acne across my chin. Uh, so that like, like immediately, immediately. Yeah. Um, I also find that I get highly, highly emotional. Um, and, and like, I can't control my emotions. It's almost, it, it feels almost like I am, I'm going through PMS. Uh, like, it's just like this, these emotions where I'm like, I cannot manage them at all. Um, and I also get stomach issues. Like I get that feeling in my stomach, like that roller coaster and anxious feeling, um, which really, which ends up relating to like a really poor relationship with food. Like I noticed that when I had that really stressful work call, I needed to work through it. I ate like eight cookies, which I did That's not need. <laughs> Definitely. And then last question for you for right now, what are your coping mechanisms? Yeah, I have been a huge stickler to my morning ritual, um, which is which is funny because sometimes I find I wake up and if I like wake up late because I went to bed late or something like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to find time to do my morning ritual? But I always take a deep breath and do it. And what that looks like is going to going for a walk with the dog, looking at my favorite spot where I see a beautiful range of Himalayas with lots of snow on them. I actually... <laughs> this is so I feel like such a nerd saying this out loud but this is actually my morning ritual I turn towards each cardinal direction and I bring in the energy from <laughs> the air the from fire water and earth and I thank them for their gratitude I just I just express gratitude and thank them for everything and then I come back home and I pull a daily tarot card um and that tarot card kind of you know I don't really ask a specific question but I'm just kind of like okay what do I need to know today um, and then I just kind of take that energy throughout the day so that I am, I mean, you can look at it two different ways. Like it's either a distraction from all the, the chaos in my head, but also giving me a little bit of direction of like, okay, so if the theme came up as, um, you know, what did my, what was my theme yesterday that came up? Um, it was all about like influential women in my life. And I was like, that made me be like, oh my gosh, like, like even just thinking about, about like you or Yvonne or like my mom or something like I could just think about kind of the people in the women in my life that are just have completely shaped me. And then I feel like, OK, like if they can do it, I can do it. Uh, so that's a big coping mechanism for me. But I still struggle with it. Um, and I think just getting outside, getting outside, breathing, uh, you know, always easier said than done. But, um, you know, taking those conscious breaks, especially when you have a full plate uh, for the day. Absolutely. And Jad, thank you for doing that little exercise with us today and going through the, the journey arc of those stressors. Um, and I've lived with you 
I, I know how mindful and intentional person you are. And it's amazing to me, both in myself and then also in examples of people that I admire, such as yourself, that we can be so mindful and intentional and aware and still get so caught by our stresses. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit more and um, kind of define what stress is. And so stress has kept us alive for eons as humans. Stress has been something that has allowed the human race to continue. It's allowed us to be aware of our surroundings and uh, aware of any of our dangers. Stress is a, is a good thing and it is inevitable. And there's a difference between that kind of good stress and bad stress. There's a difference between functional stress and dysfunctional stress. And when we get to dysfunctional stress, what we're talking about is burnout. Because while stress might be inevitable, burnout isn't. And so it's just it's just what happens when there's this excessive amount a lot of the time excessive and then a lot of the time also prolonged stress where we haven't been able to catch a break from from that from those feelings and and so what are some of the symptoms that we see coming up when when we're starting to experience stress you, you mentioned acne uh, as one I totally relate to that I also sleep is my favorite thing in the whole world and and yet I allow myself to go get so stressed out that insomnia really affects me and I and I will go a week without sleeping um other other symptoms that we might see in ourselves or or just in general is is weight shifts up and down teeth grinding social isolation you witness me do this multiple times living in our house I'm like I don't want to talk to anybody um and just that immense sense of overwhelm and our body is fighting for us in these times of stress it's it we're doing our our autonomic response of fight or flight and our body's supposed to do that that's a healthy thing for our body to do and we haven't evolved past it yet and so we, we know that our immediate response is not to rest and repair. And really what we need to be doing when we're that stressed out and we can't catch a break is we need to be resting and repair, but it goes against our very nature of what our body is telling us to do. Our, our, our body is telling us to be alert and active that there's dangers around um and, uh, and then when we're in the midst of that the other thing that happens alongside fight or flight is that we flip into regressive behavior and so we'll notice an increase of self-centered interactions and and that'll be outside of ourselves with other people and we'll also that's especially for me, I, I spiral so hard internally and I get very uh, uh, regressive in my own opinion of myself. I get very hard on myself. Um, and, and those, those 
features are are in our day-to-day, but they are also activated with social change and economic change, professional change, and psychological change. Does any of that sound familiar to anybody from 2020? Can I raise my hand? Can everyone see my hand raised? (laughs) Is there some resonance there, Jasmine? Just a little, tota tota. Absolutely. And so we're in this huge time right now where nothing is certain and everything is shifting. And um, there, there's very little space for that rest and repair. And um, it takes more effort to get to that spot than it typically would at any other time. Um, and it's compounded by the fact that we're also interacting with people who are experiencing those stresses. And so our interactions, uh, while they may be limited, there they also may be tensions there that we don't quite fully understand or that wouldn't be there if there was less shifts going on or less changes going on. And so we're, we're talking about this on the... the conscious platform you know curated consciously we know we know that all of our listeners are here because they want to be mindful you want to be mindful in your daily practice and your daily work walk and so all of this change could also be a chance to pay attention to that anxiety that depression that stress whatever it is those interactions those regressive behaviors that fight or flight response um, to pay attention to it in a way that, that maybe there hasn't been a lot of opportunity to, to do so in the past. And so we're going to look at this scenario and in a similar way as we look at any kind of physical ailment. And so, Jasmine, I have some more questions for you. You talked a bit about your morning routine. And, and we all have our routines throughout the day. Um, but we're, we also, we have these personal hygiene routines that we also do. So like, what's, what's like a Jasmine self-care personal hygiene thing that you do for your physical body? Um, as in like a daily practice or just like overall? Overall is fine. Well, I do love to shower. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny because it's actually so right now I'm obviously living in a very very cold ass place uh, so showers are a little bit harder (laughs) Uh, which are actually baths because we don't have an actual shower Um, but I always find like for example the other day when I was really stressed out and just like overwhelmed and basically took off some time to just like reflect and like feel better um, what I found is actually just like taking a bath and like washing my hair. Uh, um, I've been recently, uh, I don't know why I'm just like, I don't know why, but I'm, I feel like I'm aging like crazy lately. So I've been taking a lot of intentional time to like, um, take care of like my face and my skin. Like I've always been very mindful of my skin. Um, but I'm doing like facial, um, massages every time I wash my face and like use my oils and stuff, uh, which has been really great. Um, 
And uh, I mean, other than that, I, in terms of physical hygiene, I mean, I think it's just comes down to the products. You I brush use. your teeth. Oh, you okay. brush your teeth. Yeah, I brush you... my teeth. Were you looking for just general things? My bad. Just I was... general, super general. <laughs> yeah, I shower and I, I brush could... my teeth. <laughs> Fantastic. I put coconut oil in my hair today mm. and I've been running my fingers through my hair because it feels so good. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so there, there are things like this, this personal hygiene thing. I remember when my sister took me to buy my first razor and like we got deodorant and it was like a whole ah uh, going from from like child to teenager moment right um and and so there we that's such a, a practical thing that we don't even think about it sometimes right like yeah it, I'm like diving deeper into it and I'm like yeah yeah if you're just asking personal hygiene just like daily things that we do every day yeah, yeah of course <laughs> and so what about emotional hygiene do we ever ah, think about that? Ah. Like, like that's the thing. <laughs> is, is do we do we think about emotional hygiene in the same way? I know I haven't really. I've I've thought about my mindfulness practice. I've thought about meditation, but I haven't ever really focused on well, what is that emotional hygiene that just goes alongside brushing my teeth. Yeah, I guess that kind of brings me back to my daily rituals or my daily routines where I, I kind of need to do that to feel centered and ready to actually go forth with the day. Um, I mean, can I categorize that as kind of emotional hygiene, kind of getting my mind and well, my mind and my body really ready inside and out to move forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I have one of mine is just staying in the same place I'll get I'll get which <laughs> amazingly has been easy to do in in 2020 but I'm very social person I'm a very extroverted person and so typically whenever I come back to Canada I'm driving here and there to visit friends and like I just need to stay in one place to be grounded to be present um, I've started working my emotional hygiene into my skin routine, right? And so that's there's, there's the kind of these, these moments, these little still moments that we can feed into our emotional life daily. Well, I'm curious, then, can I pause you for a second? Yeah, absolutely. How, if you had to give emotional hygiene a definition, how would you, like just to, just to kind of simplify it for our audience, how do we break down what is emotional hygiene look like feel like how do we define it i would say practice and habits what are those practice and habits that keep you grounded and it's going to be different for every single person um but it's it it's those things that you need to do when you're not in a crisis it's things that happen outside of those stressor times it's those things that happen as your foundation as your grace base as your grounding and and they they might fluctuate based on how you're how what's going on in your life but they're your your base level um you're not in a crisis you're just taking care of yourself I love this concept of emotional hygiene because then it makes us think like, okay, well, if my personal, you know, physical hygiene is so important, I need to take care of that every day. Of course, that translates to having to 
take care of your emotional hygiene every day. Like seeing the connection between understanding out like external and internal being just as important and super interconnected. And I think this also plays such a huge role in understanding what conscious living even means. Because if we are not connecting these two, and I feel like it's so easy to, to leave them disconnected, um, you know, when we connect them, we actually see that, okay, like, yeah, this makes sense. I need to do this every day in order to be my best self, in order to have the energy I need to do to be, you know, to do X, Y, Z, to feel grounded and ready to take on, you know, like two hours of, you know, work tasks that you probably don't want to do kind of thing. So I really love this kind of, this, this framework um, of, of like breaking this down and understanding it. So I appreciate you just kind of just defining that quickly so we can kind of absorb that a little bit deeper as everyone's listening and be like, oh, this actually sounds like a daily thing. Yeah, I should be more mindful of my emotional hygiene. <laughs> Absolutely. And and to continue that example a little bit further, um, I'm going to talk a bit about what, so that's emotional hygiene is something that happens when we're not in crisis. And so what happens when we are in crisis? And physically, that's when first aid comes in. It's a laceration, it's a break, it's a sprain, it's... Um, some trauma that has happened to our physical body. And so likewise, there are things in our mental space that happen as, as a break or a sprain or a laceration. Um, and, and that can be motivated and, and activated and triggered through stressors and, and all of, all of the different changes and the things in our lives that, that motivate those stressors. And so when we are in crisis, we have to also look at what is our emotional first aid? What are the, the things that I'm going to pull out of that first aid kit and wrap around me so that I am, am safe, I'm not bleeding, <laughs> emotionally bleeding, um, and, and I, I can heal that part, give that, give that part of me a, a break, a rest. And so what like thinking about it in in that same kind of framework what are the steps taken immediately after an injury or like what are the steps taken immediately after an emotional stressor and a time of crisis um and and instead of bandaging ourselves up like like we know when we see that laceration on our arms like the the first thing that children are taught to do is to go get an adult and ask for a band-aid like we know this physically but we don't know this mentally or emotionally and so instead of going and bandaging up that piece we tend to dig in there deeper straight away and and to aggregate that trauma and we and we get our we get ourselves so intertwined with that stressor and so what are the things that we need to do? What are the bandages that we need to wrap around that emotional response? Kind of where, where I might want to look. And I, I would say for myself that this isn't something that I'm very good at. It's not something that I have worked very hard on. And this is why this workshop has been incredibly meaningful to me because I know that I spiral when I am in 
a time of crisis when I, I, I do that. I dig in deeper and I, I get to that point of self-deprecating talk where I believe that I'm the most terrible person on the planet. Of course, obviously, it's so clear to me during those times. Yes, you're just the worst, Kelsey. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, though, is that emotionally, often, often we're when 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 we are in emotional crisis, when we need emotional first aid, our first kind of, you know, our first kind of reaction to that is usually extreme. You know, it's it's instinct. It's not, you know, of course we want to be mindful. We we want to approach things with patience and calm. And so we can really uh, decide on what the next best, best action is for protecting ourselves and others or whatever that situation looks like. But if you think about it, like it's, it's super connected to what happens when there is like, a physical injury, for example, like, uh, you know, like you slice your finger in the kitchen and you're just staring at it and you're like, ah, you know, like, you're like, what do I do? And you're like, okay, run it underwater. You know, it takes you, it still takes you that pause. You have to take in what's happening. Like, think about like a child. So kind of thinking about your analogy of like, you know, a child when they're injured, they think, okay, I need to go to a parent and get a bandaid. But often, you know, if they are so unsure at the first, like when they're young, when they're really young, they don't know what to do. So they look around to kind of get an understanding of what the reaction should be. So like if you're a, a parent and the first reaction is, oh no, you know, that is instantly going to trigger that child to burst into tears. And then they're going to, they're going to kind of turn that into a routine practice of every time they get injured to burst into tears and then have someone, you know, deal with the situation on their own or for them. Sorry. When really we have to think about, okay, how do I approach this as myself? No matter what age you are, you know, I still, when I cut my finger, I'm like, you know, like I don't actually burst into tears, but inside I'm just like, Bleh. and then I'm like, oh God, what do I do? And just like stand there for a second and just be like, Bleh. so thinking about, okay, how can I be more mindful in approaching, you know, if, if you already know that, okay, after I've cut myself, I need to go do this. How can you think about emotionally, instead of having this crazy reaction how can you just take that pause? And it's, it's a lot harder said than done. Uh, you know, there's been so many situations where I look back and I'm like, I could have handled that so much, you know, so much more. Um, what's the word I'm looking? I guess mindfully. Yeah, I could have. I could have been so much more intentional about how I was going to, you know, my next step in addressing that emotional need. Um, and you know, I think that's why it's so important that listening to this episode and kind of reflecting, and we're going to have a worksheet that follows this. So um, we'll we'll link that to in the show notes, where basically you can work through the sheet and kind of go through all the questions that Kelsey has been asking me and think about, okay, how do I now start to create a routine around how to approach my emotional stress needs so that next time it's not a a an extreme reaction. It's not you going over the top, you're actually setting intentional time, putting it into your mind and, and, and kind of conquering that. So that next time when you do move forward, you have a solution that, you know, works, but that takes time. That takes time. It does take time, especially since all of these different mechanisms of ourselves are interconnected. So our, our body and our thoughts, and our feelings and our behaviors, they all interact with each other and through each other and from each other. And, and just one of those being 
off will set off the rest. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, that interaction between body, thought, feeling, behavior is, is, it's a balancing it, act. Become, it's a balancing act and it can also become reinforced by mm-hmm. each other and through mm-hmm. each other. And so we know about neuroplasticity. We know that the patterns that we make in our brain become more and more solidified. Just as in that example that you were sharing of, of the child going to the adult and the adult reacting poorly and that becoming that child's automatic reaction. We do that emotionally and mentally all the time. If, if someone says, like, I'll use an example for my own life. I'm not ashamed. I'm a terrible procrastinator and I'm late all the time, but, but it used to be something that I really struggled with. And I, I really thought of as a problem for my self-worth. And so when someone said, oh, Kelsey, you're, you're late or you're 15 minutes late, that would automatically become, uh, I know I'm late. I can't keep track of time. I am so bad at time management. I am so bad at everything. I'm such a terrible person because I, I set this person, like, again, I spiral. It's fine. But those patterns became so ingrained in me that as soon as, as the topic of timing came up, I, I would break down. And I had to, I had to go back and say, me being late is not a reflection of my self-worth and and that's and that's just what it is our 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 brains have this power our body has this power our feelings have this power our behaviors have this power and they all interact and what we what we do with those initiations will will become our habits and our practices and our patterns and so there is a chance in there like the great thing about our brains is that we can rewrite those pathways and, and our incredible computers inside our minds, like they fire so quickly and in so many different directions and make so many connections that this, this is a hopeful thing then that we can see that, know it, recognize our stresses, take that minute to understand what has happened to us, how it's happened to us, and decide what we're going to do with it, what it means, how we're going to react, what we're going to say to our partner or our friend or the person that we're living with, how we're going to approach that situation at work, all of these things. And so there are there are practical things that we can do in those situations and with our stress and that our and and one of them recognizing that our stress is there to protect us thank you for that thank you stress for being there and we know about taking deep breaths we know about counting to 10 um slowly sipping on hot water this is why tea is such a magical thing it, it causes us to take that moment and so there are a few things in those times to be aware of um things that our our brains will automatically do and we will just if if listeners um i'm just going to read through some of the examples to be aware of 
and I'll go through slowly so you can take them in one at a time. But be mindful in your stress about catastrophizing. Be mindful about demanding the shoulds and the musts. Don't be rigid about expectations. Be careful with claiming that you can deal with it and you could deal with it by yourself. Watch your always and your nevers. Don't think that you can tell what the future holds. This is definitely going to happen. This is definitely not going to happen. Strong emotions have an illusion of truth. And in those moments, and away from those moments, and when working with our stresses and being mindful of all of those different elements, our behaviors that we might want to take into account, that are behaviors that will help our, our, our physical body, that will help our mental space, exercise. As much as I hate exercise, it has been proven to work. And just getting to a sweat three to four times a week for 20 to 30 minutes is doing yourself a favor. Rest. Rest up. Take short naps. One thing that I miss most about India is the fact that we can rest in the afternoon. Oh, take breaks and meditate, eat well, read uplifting and inspiring stories and limit your exposure to current events. Repetitive information is not helpful. TED Talks are helpful. Connecting with loved ones. And the act of giving, giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your space, giving of physical things. These are all behaviors that will help us in our path to mindfulness and taking care of ourselves. It's doing ourselves a favor in the midst of stressful times. We know that these are stressful times. Any to add? To either of those lists, Jasmine? Yeah, I think I was just thinking in my head, all of all of this to me sounds like you really need to be kind to yourself. Being kind to yourself is so important. And we often, you know, and, and when we because when we get into that spiraling stage, that is so destructive. It is so destructive. And I'm not saying that I am a angel at this or that I'm perfect at this because it's something I struggle with as well. Um, especially when you are, uh, you know, if you're like me, you have very high expectations of yourself. Uh, you, tr you know, historically I've tried to work through stress by just continuing to push and push and push. And, you know, if you've done that to yourself before, this is just a reminder that that didn't end well. You know it didn't end well. Even if you haven't reconciled it, it doesn't end well. Um, and again, this is so much harder to practice than to preach. 
Um, but you have to be intentional in, in how you manage your stress because we cannot, we cannot accomplish things and be successful and be happy with the results if we are just pushing ourselves through and being being hurtful to ourselves, whether that is telling ourselves bad thoughts or, you know, making ourselves have to, um, you know, dismiss the things that we know would make us feel better and thinking like, well, I'll just get through this and then I'll make myself feel better and then I'll be fine because that never works. And this is a reminder that that didn't work for you last time and it's not going to work for you again. So Kelsey, I really appreciate you even just, you know, going through that list because sometimes we're like, oh yeah, that's simple. Like, yeah, rest, eat well, whatever, exercise, I get it. But again, it's easier said than done. We will tell ourselves all the time, like, yeah, hey, yeah, when I'm, when I'm feeling this way, I'm going to do this, this, and this. But really, really checking yourself and making sure that you're actually taking the time to implement these practices is huge. And that's what the worksheet is here for. Um, so I'll be taking everything that Kelsey has covered here and putting it into a, a, an, a, an accessible... Um, a, you know, easy to absorb worksheet that helps you just get this all out on paper. Because as soon as you put this stuff out into the world, because sometimes you say it in your head, but often when you say it out loud, whether that's to yourself, whether you put it on a piece of paper, whether you tell a friend and, you know, dive into it, you have to put it out there in the universe to acknowledge that it exists so that you can start to build solutions, things that actually help you move forward um, so that this so that you're not constantly looping, you're not constantly in this cycle of basically self-harm. So thank you, Kelsey, for, for covering all of this. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's so much more and there's a, a wealth of information and resources out there um, beyond, beyond this. I didn't even get through all of my notes here. Um, but, but one thing that I would like to, to bring us back to um, and link to the beginning of this when talking about stress is that truly there is a difference between being alert and being anxious. And we, and we get to walk away from the things that make us anxious. We get to make boundaries around the things that make us anxious. And, and it's important to remember to be grateful for the things that keep us alert as well. So I would just say to our listeners, good luck on the journey. Um, join me over at the Toronto Mindfulness Center um, if you if you want to um, hear some more resources from them. Um, and then also, like, reach out to your community. There are endless amounts of yoga videos on YouTube or. Um, I know everybody really loves Headspace. I never got into it, but Headspace is a resource as well. And so, whatever, like truly, whatever works for you. That's the whole point of this, is whatever works for you, because all of our bodies and all of our chemistries and all of our stressors are different. Yeah, and I'll link to all those resources in the show notes. Um, and I also encourage you all, you know, if you feel that you are lacking a community that can support you in this journey, or you feel you just, you know, maybe you're not ready to just open up in person with your friends or, you know, call them up on the phone and fam and all that kind of stuff. That is what our Conscious Badasses Facebook group is for. It is a safe, 
inclusive space for you to dive deeper into this. Ask questions. We have an incredible growing community now on there of people who give a damn and want to do the work and nobody thinks it's easy. Trust me. No, it's not easy. And that's why this is, this is why we've created this group so that you can come in, you know, just rant if you need to, you know, ask questions, ask for support. That's what we are there for. So that's facebook.com slash group slash conscious badasses. Um, and of course you can access it directly through uh, facebook.com slash curated consciously on our Facebook page. Jazz, just a little bit of praise for you. I curated consciously. Like this is something that has been born out of 2020. Um, and it's just been so amazing to watch you compile all of these different voices and um, these different topics and to bring people together in such a, a powerful and meaningful way. And I know that knowing you and knowing uh, the passion that you put into the work that you do. I'm just so excited to see what, what is next on this platform in the new year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, that was like a horrible Mariah thing. My voice cracked while I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so, so, so excited to actually Um, you know, I have, I'm really planning out some really cool shit (laughs) for the new year for the curated consciously community. Um, so more details on that in Jan. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I really want to focus in on using my experiences, my expertise, my resources, as well as our incredible community of facilitators and leaders who just have incredible frameworks and tools and resources to share with you. I'm basically bringing everyone together to bring you, I mean, okay, I'll just put it out in the universe. I'm bringing you conscious living, intentional conscious living courses and resources to help you dive deeper on your own and still have the personal community because it's, it's hard. It's a lot of work and it can't just be covered in a podcast every week or, you know, blog posts. Um, you know, there's a lot to cover. And, you know, this year has really helped me also define what conscious living looks like because the more I'm building this platform, the more I'm really realizing that our community thinks it's, you know, conscious living is connected to like the things that you own uh, and, and, your, and your external environments, your external spaces. And we really need to look within. So uh, that is Kelsey's alarm telling us that it's been 45 minutes. So uh, more on that in the new year. But Kelsey, thank you so much for- Oh, you know, Jasmine. For holding space for our community, holding space for me. And uh, being here, showing up and supporting everyone moving forward. And I think this is a great episode to end the year on um, and gives everyone a lot of perspective, reflection, uh, you know, ways to reconcile with where they're at so that we could just continue trekking forward to a incredible, I'm not going to say new year. I'm going to say in life, like as cheesy as it sounds, like living your best life, living an intentional conscious life. Again, not the next easy. 200 years yeah. until Jupiter and Saturn align yeah. again. <laughs> yes, and I'll cover more of that in the Facebook group. So if you feel free, if you want to learn more about that, just jump over to the Facebook group and uh, we'll dive into it more. Inhale the goodness, exhale the bullshit. Thank you for listening and thank you for doing the work. 
Be sure to jump over to curatedconsciously.co for more stories, tips, and inspiration for nurturing your conscious living journey. And be sure to follow along on Instagram at curatedconsciously. Huge shout out to my incredible husband, Profound Sound, for the original dope tracks. Hope you all enjoyed, are feeling a little lighter, and are going into a beautiful and blessed day.